Guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello, welcome to a new episode of Meet the Expats. It's Pauline, and today I meet with Laurel, who's an expat in Germany and also a children's author. So she'll be sharing her experience in Germany, how she brought up children in the middle of two cultures, and also uh, the writing piece. Hi, Laurel, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Pauline. <laughs> nice to be here. <laughs> yeah, great to have you. <laughs> Let's start with a brief introduction. I'll let you introduce yourself to the audience and we'll move on to your expat experience very quickly after. It's always hard to remember what is interesting about yourself when you have to introduce <laughs> yourself on the fly. Uh, I'm, I was trained as an epidemiologist, which no one right. knew what that was, but now everyone does, so it saves time explaining. And I, when I moved to Germany, then I started taking writing more seriously and started working on writing those children's books that I had always planned to write. <laughs> so that's how I got into doing what I'm doing now. I think more will come out as I'm talking to you that's about okay. how I got here. Yeah, I guess we're, we're going to cover it for sure. So how long have you been in Germany now? 11 years. 11 years okay so it's been it's been a long time you've settled let's <laughs> go back 11 years then and start with how you moved in the first place how did you get there i was an exchange student in college and okay. i went to i came to germany for a year and i met my husband and then it took us quite a while to actually get to the same geography so right. we wrote a lot of letters and we kept moving states and we kept going around and eventually we settled in the U.S. and lived there for 26 years and then my husband was offered a job in Germany and he has the kind of job that there are only so many of them in the world because he's okay. a zoologist and so wow. he was offered a job in at the Museum König in Bonn, which is a natural history museum. So nice. um, then we came to Bonn and then because he had this new job and I was helping my children adapt to the new situation, mm -hmm. I decided this is my chance while he's doing this new job, then I'm going to start writing books more seriously right. and see how it goes. Okay. So when he got offered this new, this new job in Bonn, what was your reaction how did you say okay we're gonna go on this journey and adapt to it well it was a funny it was a funny thing from your own experience you know what it's like to go back to a place where mm. you were and so because i was there as a student i was i was in germany as a student so i thought right. i knew what german culture was like but yeah of course i only knew what what student Students. culture was like at the time when I was a student. So yeah, that's not exactly the same. And then we, we came here and um, he came for an interview and we came to live. We, we finally found an apartment, which was a sort of epic saga. We didn't really know it was going to be that much of a saga. Mm. But at that time, there were not very many people moving to this area who were not German originally even though my yeah. husband is German so you would think but it it was trickier than we expected and so we ran into the usual kinds of things that you do when you're you know we brought up our children to speak 
German or let's right. let's be more correct about that. We brought up our children to understand German. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good will, start. <laughs> you will understand the distinction, right? Yeah. So, so they had that advantage, but they still had to get to the stage where they were comfortable speaking it and then mm. of course they have now long surpassed me in their skills because I learned German to study here and then they learned the kind of German that you only learn every day when you grow up in a culture and there's yeah. all kinds of secret hidden handshakes and things mm. that I don't understand and so I try to to glory in the fact that my children are smart <laughs> the silver lining right, yes. <laughs> i mean it is kind of cool you're like oh look hey look at that so okay and so did they go to german school or was there an american school yes uh, yes yeah, so one of them went to a, a local school here that my my husband used to say oh have a day, have a nice day at hogwarts <laughs> because <laughs> it looks so like such an old classic school but total immersion at that time i mean one of the things that was was interesting and that I can't say I ever felt unwelcome in Germany, mm -hmm. but what made me feel more welcome was when we had these crises with Syria and now with Ukraine, where right. so many people are coming from so many different places. And mm -hmm. then I saw how people here reacted. There was, you know, like the first time we heard that there were people coming from Syria and they called a little, they called a meeting in our tiny village and we went down to the, I think it was a tiny church that we, they were, they had the meeting and the whole place was packed with people and they all wanted to know, could they have somebody stay in their house oh, wow. you know, immediately? Could we, That's you know, they, they were all like raising their hands, like we want to make people feel welcome. And that made me feel welcome because yeah. I saw that people really wanted people to have a good experience after experiencing such yeah, yeah, such a trauma. So we came before that time and we had quite a, sort of a more normal expat experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we learned, I mean, I guess the other thing is, is that my husband and I were both in Germany as students and then we went back to the U.S. and we mm. became grownups in the U.S. And so yeah. we know how to do all the grownup things like the paperwork and, mm. you know, and then you came back to Germany and everyone thinks you look like a grownup, you talk like a grownup, you must be a grownup <laughs> and you don't actually know certain things the that everyone yeah, the local. And so your and your family doesn't think to tell you because they think you must know this by now because you're a grownup. Mm. So, I mean, if you live in more than one culture, there's always more than one answer to any question, right? Yeah. And was that more on like the admin side of things or pure, like, I don't know, things like in Germany, Sunday, everything's closed or what? Well, those things hadn't changed that much since actually they got a little bit more Better. relaxed since I was a student, yeah. like more things are open. Uh, certainly a lot of the paperwork, like knowing like how the health insurance works, mm. Like if yeah. you're working, um, like I was finishing a, uh, finishing a contract in my in the U.S. because I worked in the health department as an epidemiologist, and they weren't yet done with a project, and I was helping them finish it right. from here, and didn't realize that I was not allowed to make money mm. and still be covered by health insurance from my husband's job 
because right. in the U.S., if you have health insurance for your family, you have health insurance for your family, period. Yeah. So that was an interesting learning experience, and we got that all sorted out. But it, things like that, you never mm. quite know. Like, I mean, the, the reason yeah. culture shock is culture shock is because you don't There's always expect where it's going to come from. You think. True. You know, you like you always pack your your luggage and you like we packed our little tiny espresso pot mm. and then you come to this country and then maybe you have an induction stove and mm. your espresso pot doesn't work. And you think, well, yeah. What was the point of that? Like, I thought I was so smart because I brought yeah. the one thing I would need, you know, and, and um, then you don't need it. But. I was trying to think ahead. But yeah, I think there's also a lot and we haven't necessarily talked about it in different episodes of there's a lot of things to do before you leave your home country and just in terms of admin work before even entering not even admin about the new country but admin about closing your life in the US or France when I left whatever with taxes letting them know health insurance letting them know so you don't pay extra taxes when you're not there anymore (laughs) or like closing your electricity line but that's can yeah. seem quite okay that I would think of but there's so much so much when you're actually packing up your life that you manage before you actually make the move and start the whole process again in another country in another language yeah <laughs> like I I mean I don't know how I missed it but I didn't realize that as a U.S. citizen you pay you file tax forms mm. no matter what country you live in yeah and so I was quite quite insulted when I, when I moved to another country and I had hoped I mean like I have nothing against over. paying the taxes I just don't like filling out the forms so yeah. so then I thought okay a new country my husband's going to be in charge because it's his country so he can mm. file the tax forms yes finish check it off I'm good I'm so happy no that's not true um, <laughs> so the so aside from like boring admin stuff that I think for me the interesting part of of discovering culture here as an adult it's just like in 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 french there's the formal german and then there's the Mm. informal and when you're a student everybody uses the informal Informal. because that you're all students and when i so i knew so i was saying i was using the formal for everybody when i got here and one day i went to the little library in my village and and i just said i could I realized I had volunteers there and I said, I'd be glad to volunteer to shelve books. Mm. And they said, okay, we will check with the team. And I thought, okay, this is the process. process. There was a process, but okay. And then I went away and then I came back a couple of weeks later and they're like, we've checked with the team and (laughs) you, you know, now you're on the team. And I thought, oh, that's, that's very nice. And then I just, then after a little while, I realized that all the people on the team used the familiar with each other. And mm. so I think it somehow came up and then they all were like, oh, we were, and I asked, like, do I use the formal or do I use the familiar? You know, like, I'm not from here. How mm. do I know which one you use? And then the, they all started laughing and they said, oh, we're so relieved because we thought we would have to use the formal with you forever, <laughs> you know, until we all were 95 years old. And so, so then all of a sudden I had a network of people because I went to ask and I asked if I could shelf books one day. So that really surprised me. I didn't realize that there was this community. Yeah. I don't know if it works that way in France, that if you join a club, then you are in the club. I think it depends on the club and the people that are there. Um, But definitely 
it is a way to at least meet people and start building a network. And I think the fact that it's volunteering, it ties not straight away. And there's this piece where you're showing that you want to be involved in the local community. And that definitely is going to play a part. That's a good in point. you settling in versus like joining maybe a book club or I don't know like I feel like book club maybe as yes, there's a lot of exchange and stuff going on but going to a gym I go to gyms here never met anyone from the gym right right and you wouldn't use a familiar you wouldn't use familiar with them if there was such a thing in English anyway <laughs> um, I guess maybe I, I feel like a lot of places have got in French at least, in France at least have gone very casual and very oh, okay. familiar now it's sort of the new trend we're young we're trendy yes. we're Ikea. Trendy. we yeah. all, say all use yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all use the familiar um yes. but you wouldn't like make friends or yeah. feel like you're actually part of it's something. like business familiar like exactly. i'm gonna sell you something so i'm gonna use the familiar which is different. yeah yeah whereas yeah i definitely feel if you're actually involved in volunteering there's something different about it that's it that's an interesting point and then the the other place that i had in a small in into the community here was I, the, I mean, the two things I love in life are libraries and gardens. And so so when I first got here, you know, you take Americans to Europe and they're like, oh, we have to check off all the things. So first I had to explore everywhere and go yeah. on all the trips and look at all the things and you yeah, get really you're excited. discovering. You know, it's, it's, it. it's, it's exciting. You're just, it's, it's magical just to go around. I think somebody also from the library said to me once, yeah, Laurel has it easy. She goes around in the neighborhood, takes a picture, writes a blog post. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, yes, like I had to go 2000 miles to get to this place to take the picture of the thing that you think is normal, you know, like boring and everyday thing. But for me, like it's a cool mailbox or for me, yeah. it's, you know, something interesting. So, so I think like, First, I did like the tourist thing where you're like, oh, mm. let's go for coffee. Let's eat. We ate much too much cake and we <laughs> much too much chocolate and we were walking everywhere. So we, we did that. We enjoyed it. And then at some point, although it's still magical and I still love to do it, you realize this is not real life. This is mm. tourism. And if I, if I want to feel more connected and actually know people, as you say, make friends, then we have to go down a level. Deeper. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it makes sense that you like do it in that order. In you're arriving, you don't know necessarily how long you're gonna stay. You might as well do like the things. tasty things yeah. and and discover. It's all new. Like yeah. as once you're local, you forget that this is new for someone else and that it's that sort of honeymoon, a magical magical period. But it comes to you then arrive to a point where, well, I've done all that what's next like how do I keep myself busy and, and actually feel home at some point right right I mean for me it was also in the beginning and that was also with the library when I was asking people where do you hike where do you mm. go we go in yeah. the forest we see this place and what's the story behind why yeah and the story behind makes you feel connected because then when mm. you see the thing you say I know the meaning of that thing yeah. I belong in the group because I know the story that goes with it and then the the other thing that I got into was um, I had heard that there was an international garden, but I couldn't find it because it was mm. hidden somewhere in plain sight. 
And after three years, I found somebody who knew something about it and they introduced me to somebody, you know, in the typical village fashion. And right. then they said, oh, now you're in. And I didn't even have to sign anything or pay anything or register for anything. They just said, here, would you like a garden plot? There you go. Oh, nice. And I was like, what happened? What just happened? This is Germany where everything is quite formal. Process. And, you know, <laughs> like if you wanted another garden, like all those little gardens you see from the mm -hmm. train, I think that's a major process. So that's been a very a very nice place to be. I love being in my vegetable garden. I love talking to the other gardeners. I love having something to give away. Mm. Like I think there's yeah. something very precious about having your own piece of earth and then sure. you can produce more of what, like I gave somebody chives today, you know, cause I was like, Oh look, we have it's such a nice gesture. Yeah. And then when you have other, when you meet other international people from different countries, no, I can't understand what trauma they went through but I can understand the sense of loss mm. and I can understand some conversations. We don't have to say the words. We don't have to be able to speak the same language right. or be very good in German one way or the other, but we can sit in the sun and we're like, this is good. Our children mm. are going to be okay. You know, we're, we're valuing the experience where we are now. And I think that makes you feel connected to the earth and to the yeah. people you know, like compare each other. Like there was a whole debate about flat leaf parsley because <laughs> because all the German people were coming down on curly leaf parsley and all the international people were like, don't bother with the curly leaf parsley. It doesn't taste like anything. You need okay. this one. And then, then the next year, all the German people planted flat leaf parsley too. So it was kind of nice. Well, there, like, there was an influence. A little bit of cultural <laughs> mixture there. So it was kind yeah, of cool. Leaving an influence. Right. It was like, <laughs> look, we're, we're having cultural exchange here on the level of parsley. Yeah, just... <laughs> and so what brought you to writing? You were saying, oh, well, now's a good opportunity as um, my, my husband's working. Right. So of course, I'm going around and I'm seeing all the castles everywhere. And at some point, we went on a hike to uh, to Kochum Castle, and it was really like fairy tale day. That the it's right on the Mosul River. The cherry trees were all blooming; they were all pink. So there's like mm. this whole row of pink trees, and then the water is going by, and the sun is out. And then you go up to the castle. You have to walk all through the vineyards, and at the top there was a big tower, and the rooks were flying around the tower. And you're like, oh, fairy tale! <laughs> and somehow, just the feeling of a fairy tale, I was like, oh, I'm going to write a story. And, <laughs> and then I thought, well, what am I going to write about? And I thought, this is going to be about a princess who is so quiet that she's invisible to her family because they have oh. 14 other kids. They're very busy. They're the king and queen. And she is not shy. She's in, like an inventor princess. She does lots of things, but right. she just has found that it's not worth trying to raise your voice above the 14 other siblings <laughs> and everyone else. It's just too difficult to do. So of course she's the person who has to save the whole kingdom when the wicked aunt comes and decides to paint everything black because that's her favorite color. So, <laughs> and of course her in inventions come to play. So after that, then uh, I started writing, that was the first book in the series. And then I've this, I'm right. I just turned in the sixth book in the series to my editor okay. yesterday. Wow. And interestingly enough, like you never really always know exactly what your book is about until it's mm. finished. Like, you know what, 
what's going to happen and what the story is, but you don't know what it's about about until you get all the way through. And this one is so much about belonging and how do you know whether you belong somewhere? Oh, interesting. Fit in, and I was like, oh, isn't that surprising? So the experience sort of. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, huh? Because my first books, like the first book, is about not speaking up. The second book is about always being lost because I'm always lost. The third book is about starting in a new school and also fighting with multiplication tables. The fourth book is about, well, the fourth book is sort of like, it was a Valentine's short story that turned into a book that has pretty much everything in it and lots of bees and lots of buzz and magic and cupids and yes, lots of things. And the, and the last book is about maybe because it was written during the pandemic, it's called Rule Trouble and Mm. the case of the illegal dragon. And it's about a baby dragon who is not allowed to live in the kingdoms because dragons are illegal, of course. But it was about this feeling that we had during the pandemic where you have friends and you have rules and Mm. you don't always see eye to eye on how the rules should be carried out and what it feels like. And how do you negotiate a treaty with your you know, a friendship with your with your friends that you can somehow stay friends even yeah. when things are difficult. If you don't agree, yeah. Right. So I guess as I went on, they became, the books get influenced by, by what life. you are living, whether yeah. you want them to or not, they, they do, <laughs> so. So you, you said the last one is about the sense of belonging. How... Do you feel about your sense of belonging between the U.S. and and Germany now? That's a that's a difficult question to answer, isn't it? What I you know for Germany, what I was I was very surprised a couple of weeks ago. I went to a funeral in the village, and it was for someone who I knew from the library. And when I got there, the whole library team was there. And it was outside in a little time, like, I don't know, I don't know exactly what a French cemetery or other cemeteries in the world look like in the countryside. But Mm. in Germany, they tend to be very pretty. They have lots of flowers on the graves and lots of, you know, very well cared for and very lovely. And this is a very small one and on a little slope and the sun shines on it, you know, and (laughs) and, and, uh, it was very touching to be there together with them I felt Mm. a little bit like this must be a movie because I don't belong in a village where you go to the funeral where you can walk to the funeral you know and then walk home afterwards Mm. but I do so I guess I discovered in that moment that I belonged more than I thought Mm. that I that I had so that was an interesting moment and I think the same is true, like with the U.S. When you you come from somewhere, you think I always belong there. It's in me. That's yeah. who I am. And then that culture moves on, and right. then people there start explaining things to you that you, no. that you and you're like, please don't explain that to me. Like that makes me feel very yeah. non-belonging when you feel mm. that you have to explain things to me. Yeah, that that piece can be hard going back and feeling that you're it's not. Like, people don't see you as a local anymore. Yeah, it's it's adults. interesting how relatively quickly that can happen. I don't know if the pandemic split, sped that up because there was like a major world event and if you didn't mm. experience it together, yeah, that could... people experienced it 
might have been very different. I don't know. Perhaps so. But what, what I noticed, like, the other day when I was finishing this manuscript of this book, it's called Giant Trouble, the, the, the Mystery of the Magic Beans. And I thought, oh, the line that popped out was, the best way to belong is to welcome someone else. And mm. that reminded me so yeah. much of the International Garden and of the, you know, yeah. of the people coming from all different places. I think I went around and translated for people in various offices at some point a long time ago. I should do that again some more because there are still more people who need translated things. But it surprised me. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's like growing your circle in a way. Well, so like if you if you can welcome someone, that means you're the host. Mm, you true. Here. Yeah. It's claiming your your place. It's like I'm also taking responsibility for you feeling at home in this place. So yeah. it was kind of a gift that just showed up. Like somebody said, one of my writer friends the other day, do you ever get the feeling that you're not really writing the story and I said, you mean that you're discovering it, like it's there under the rocks and you're chipping it away and sometimes mm. you see it and sometimes you don't, but sometimes things show up and you're like, I didn't come up with that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that. Like, I didn't know that until it showed up. I just recognized right. it as being true when I saw it. <laughs> well, let's move on to your local life in Germany then and the recommendations. perhaps. <sighs> All right. Recommendations. Okay, so <laughs> the, I picked out as a bar a place called Five Senses because okay. I went there a couple of weeks ago. It's evidently the newest trendy place because I asked all the various people <laughs> I know who know things that are trendy. <laughs> it's right across from the the Haribo store, which is which makes the gummy bears in mm. that Germany is famous for. They come from this area, so it's a very. I've, I've been surprised how many people were excited about the gummy bear store because they have all the different flavors and people flavors. go, go right. crazy and and there's a nice view of the of the Münster which is what they call the cathedral in Bonn mm. so you can sit upstairs in the cafe and look out on the cathedral nice. and the other place that I really like there's, there's a restaurant in Cologne that is very near to the main train station so you come out of the train station and you see the beautiful cathedral and then you this it's actually I think a Brauhaus so it's it's actually a brewery restaurant okay. and they're famous for serving the Cologne beer that's called Kölsch and, right. and so the the restaurant is called Fru F R umlaut U H which is the the name of the beer because okay. that's the local beer. Brewery. But right. it's it's such a fun place because it looks like as a tourist what you think a German mm, the a big German, German hall. Like, there's yeah. a big hall. There's lots of wooden chairs. Um that the, the waiters like all come around with their they have these things with handles on the top and then on the bottom there's a circle of glasses. So they come by with like a rack of glasses. Mm. They like, yes. And in Cologne it's the small, very, it's very small, small glass, uh, right. glass and mm -hmm. like they'll write on the each yeah. time you order it, they'll just write on the coaster. Yeah, like, they mark how on many the, you've had. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, but it's it's really a nice it's a nice restaurant. Like even if you don't want to drink beer, because actually I don't drink beer, but it's not that interesting to me. But I love this restaurant because 
they are very unflappable. They, I have seen them. I went there again for a library tour and people, people ordered salads. So you don't have to have Schweinshaxe with something yeah. or other if it's not your thing. But I saw a whole nother table of people come who were, I think a whole student group from somewhere else, possibly from France. And the waiters produced food for 50 people and they all ordered wow. different things and they had exceptions. But you know, like 10 minutes later, the food was there it yeah, was ready okay. so very good very quick very experienced and also this atmosphere of german german life mm. was fun right. and my i guess my favorite place in in bonn is probably the botanical garden oh. it's it's near to another really trendy area that's called poppelsdorfer poppelsdorf allee and which has like the university in bonn and the what's on the other end there's a there's the university building on one end and then there's a long beautiful park like allee that has all the old what they call the the Grundzeit. it's like the houses <laughs> of the people who founded bonn i guess is the name okay. is what the name means but there are all the old houses that are all next to each other with the plaster decorations and right. beautiful with the green lawn down the middle and you walk down that whole green lawn and then you come to a, a smaller palace that matches the university palace on the other side and I think the oh, geology nice. building is there and the botanical garden is there and there's a cafe that is now the entrance that you can sit in the botanical garden and then behind that there's a little neighborhood that's called Poppelsdorf and they have all kinds of little restaurants and cute couple cute stores that it's also a nice place to go but i think it's all still connected this whole castle and palace area that is now the university of bonn right. is connected to the world heritage site that is between bonn and cologne that right. is a huge palace at brule so nice that the university is a former palace. I think. Yes, it's I mean it's lovely. <laughs> it makes it a little confusing when you're trying to go on the different floors because they right. renovate, and then sometimes you're like, "Where is room 13? <laughs> so it was, yeah. But it's lovely, and it's lovely to walk there and to go down there too. Yeah, they always have very nice gardens. I feel in Germany, large, large parks and gardens, and you can get the greenery and lovely sceneries. <laughs> I always feel that like when I went to France I felt like oh wow these are beautiful gardens they're just different, different gardens they're, they're different, different gardens. yeah for sure it's, like, <laughs> it's all beautiful any garden is good as far as I'm concerned yeah, <laughs> you can walk around there any actually about the garden any American plants that so there's the negotiation around yeah. the parsley but anything yeah. from America that you introduced perhaps uh, oh, you mean in the vegetable garden? Yeah. I'm always trying to grow um, southwestern peppers because mm. we have a lot of Turkish peppers in this area. but okay. And we have a lot of Greek peppers. But, like, we don't – and probably we'll soon have, like, more Syrian peppers. and things, But we yeah. don't have the ones that are in the middle. And I, I didn't realize that that was part of American culture. Like, that's another example of when you go away mm. from the United States – or when you go away from your home culture to another culture, you find out what your home culture was about. Yeah, and, what was specific. And you're to like, oh, we, I didn't know. I, I think at the time, I was working for the health department for a project with the with the WIC program, which is Women, Infants, Children uh, Supplemental Feeding Program. And it comes under the bailiwick of the Department of Agriculture. And so I was 
I went back there to present something for this project that I was working on. And I talked to someone in the Department of Agriculture and I said to him, I didn't realize that the peppers were part of our heritage. And he was like, yeah, you know, Department of Agriculture. That was kind of fun. I kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> but I thought you meant like in the botanical garden in Bonn when I go there oh, I yeah. always visit the sequoia trees because I feel like they're my oh, people yeah. so I go and wave to them mm. you know <laughs> your hand in the bark and say hello how are you how are you doing <laughs> all right um, and lastly what is your expat song oh yeah I, I yeah I looked at this for a while I have two unfortunately um, well, good. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> the first, the first one I wrote down was uh, Matt Redman, "Blessed Be Your Name," because um, so so often when when I lost my way, like especially in the beginning when I was first here, and I felt like I do feel like there's like a, this tour stage, and then there's sort of a disappearing stage where mm. if you don't have a job, you don't have an employer to define you, and you have to make a new identity for yourself. Yeah, and sure. and then at some point you you can add in your previous parts of yourself like for me the libraries and the gardens and the writing like that's who I am so then you can become a person again but yeah. in the middle there's sort of a there's sort of a rocky place and where you're finding yeah, yourself where you're like ah I'm I'm being amputated it's hurting me and I miss people and I sometimes I have homes and sometimes I'm homesick and I would like to make friends you know mm. or you know and so sometimes I used to go in the forest and sing this song to myself because it's it's about being being grateful, being thankful, no matter what happens, whether the things that happen to you are good or bad. And then my other song is very frivolous because um, Bonn is Beethoven's birthplace, right? And so and the the song that the ice cream truck always plays is Beethoven's Für Elise. You know, oh. It's the one that goes, you know, yeah. so it, I heard that so often that it actually inspired a fairy godmother character in one of my <laughs> books that has an ice cream truck that is powered by this song. By this song. <laughs> Every time you whistle this song, the ice cream truck travels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that is sort of the song that song, yeah. I mean, if it reminds you of Bone, it's yeah, the song. It's like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. If your listeners are interested in checking out one of my books, maybe they have kids for in the age group of 9 to 12 yeah. who might enjoy something, I will give you a coupon code and then they can follow the link and download a free ebook. If they don't want their kids to read an ebook, they can also get the book in print. But it's a good way to screen a book and see, like, is this for us or is this not for us? They were they've been described as being zany and they're they're very family friendly and they were written for kids like mine who read a lot of books very young. So yeah. they're they have no how should we say inappropriate topics for mm. young readers. So if you have yeah. young readers who just devour books and they don't mind they saying then this would be for them okay well we'll link the you can find the link to the books and the coupon in code in the comments of this episode thanks all right well thank you again
Guys, if you enjoyed the episode, as usual, you can put a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. There's also a TP account linked in the comments if you want to contribute. And of course, you can follow all the updates on Instagram. Thank you so much, Laurel. Thanks, Pauline. It was really nice.